0: This is Dr. Jonathan Hanson,
1: and I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio Program. Today, I have Apostle Don Beasley, Senior Pastor of Turning Point City Church, Dixon, Illinois. Now, Pastor Beasley, welcome back.
2: Hey, good morning. Good to be back. Well, it's
1: always good having you. You know, I've been doing a series on the movers and shakers of the First and Second Great Awakening. And I just spoke last night, one hour live syndicated radio, as well as on television, on Catherine Coleman, possessed by the Holy Spirit. And I'll just read you my opening uh, statement, paragraph. I said, all the heroes of the giants of the faith, the movers and shakers of the Bible, and those involved in the first and second great awakening in America all had great anointing. They all lived and loved for God. They loved Him with all their heart, soul, mind, and spirit, their strength. They lived for God. They all chased after the fullness of God to walk in the kingdom of God on earth. They all laid down their lives, careers, businesses, family, and friends to be faithful to the Lord to the death. They all wanted more and more of God. Never satisfied where they were at spiritually, not resting on their laurels with past victories, but wanted to continue to win souls, heal the sick, cast out demons, even raise the dead. What America and the world have to have is another great awakening. Now, my, my texts were Mark twelve twenty nine through 31. Jesus said, The Lord God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Again, if we can do that, we are exhibiting unconditional love. Pastor Don?
2: Yes, amen. I mean, when I think about when Jesus was asked about those two commandments, he was asked about what was the greatest commandment of the law. And so that was his definition of the law. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is to believe on the one God has sent and obey him. Um, he gave many more. Those are great starts as far as loving God and loving your neighbor. But we have to be very careful that love is not, the gospel is not love. Because what we do is re- then we re- redefine what love is. And then we make that the gospel. And that's where we're stuck at today, uh, why Christianity has lost all of its influence.
1: Well, they're taking love way out of context because love is also discipline. It's judgment to protect the innocent so the righteous don't uh, become victims. As the Bible says, that's why there's eternal separation. But those that uh, have, if we want to say sloppy agape, they're taking that word way out of context. Jesus continually loved and forgave his enemies, but he did not, what should we say, tolerate? He did not condone sin. He confronted the sinner. But uh, I think people, Don, uh, they've really abused and misused and misrepresented that word love.
2: Absolutely. I mean, there's a couple places. One of the the places, I I just go to the place where where we use, everybody goes, everybody knows this verse. In uh, John three sixteen, it says, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, who ever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life." What's really interesting is is that most of the ways we use that verse is completely it would fail every theological uh, law that we're taught about how to interpret Scripture or to do exegesis or hermeneutics. Yes, because we decontextualize that verse alone. The reality of that is that. The next, the very next verse, verse which people don't know, the next verse, 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe stands condemned already because he is not believed in the name of God's one and only son. Then he said, this is the verdict. Light's come into the world, but men love darkness rather than light and their deeds are evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light. And will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But Whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that we see plainly what he has done and has been done through God. And when that passage of scripture there, literally the context of that passage is Nicodemus coming to Jesus. So a Jewish ruler comes to Jesus and asks him, what must I do to be reconciled to God? And Jesus tells him that if you, if you don't if, you don't, uh, if you're not born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. And if you're not born again, you'll never enter the kingdom of God. And then they had their little dialogue about, can he go back into his mother's womb and born again? And then Jesus talk, tells him about you know what it is to be born again. And so the reality is John 3.16 is smack dab in the middle of a conversation about being reconciled to God. And the result of that is if you refuse to be reconciled to God on his terms, then you will be damned to hell.
1: Oh, totally. And, and a person, yeah. you know, you have to read it all in context. Uh, again, right. we, we can't cherry pick and pick something out of, of context. Uh, when you preach on it, teach on it, you have to do it all, all of those scriptures. But, uh, you know, right. that word believe in the Greek is adhere, rely, trust, and obey. So, if you believe on the Lord, you are supposed to adhere, rely, trust, and obey. And uh, that's where uh, people go so wrong. Absolutely,
2: I, I, I just I think that we're you know we're kind of we're at the place where you know we we need an awakening. You know, I mean, yes, in, in the in the church as well because we just uh, sit back and become so. I don't even know. We're 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 back, we're past asleep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and so you know, there's a couple of things I think. You know, when you look back at Germany in the 1930s, you know, the, the reality what was going on there was Pietism. Uh, you know, and that was the whole concept of that we're holy, but we're passive. We don't get involved in what's going on, and and we all know the results what happened there. You know, they stood by while uh, all that. All that went on during that time went on during that time, but there's another another aspect as well as uh, when we look at it is um, antinomianism. You know that that there is just it's a this whole gospel dispensation of grace. You know that we talk about that's basically they say the moral laws are no use or obligation because faith alone is all that's necessary and they reject socially established morality, and they adopt in its place relativism. And so they begin to always interpret the scriptures through our cultural stance at the time.
1: Yeah, and and they're they're, they're interpreting those scriptures, grace and faith, uh, again, according to— man's definition, but that's not what uh, faith is, simply obeying the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the laws of God, the morality of God. We don't go by emotion, we go by faith, we go by obedience, we serve God. That's what faith is. And, you know, grace, I have many times stated grace is time given when the Spirit's in the body to judge yourself. When the Spirit leaves the body, grace is over and it's nothing but the law. Grace right. is over and God judges you according to the word of God. But grace right. is now when the spirit's in the body to judge yourself so God won't judge you. So you can have right. mercy and grace and eternal life. Done?
2: Amen. Amen. Yeah. The, any king, that's the thing. Every kingdom has to have a law. You can't have lawlessness or so you can never have a kingdom. And so when God has a kingdom, he's, he establishes it by, by law. No, this is and, and he very carefully he says this is my law, this is my will, this is what I want, and he gave it to us. So, when we have the Bible. We don't have everything there is to know. I mean, John said that just what Jesus did was written down. There would be enough books. I mean, I, I think if he came today and say all the books, he'd be blown away. Yeah. But I mean, in his time, he's looking <laughs> at all the books of his time, saying that, that all the books that are available in the world would contain just what Jesus did. And it may be true if we knew all the stuff on the spiritual level that Jesus did, that it could literally be all the books that we know today as well. But, I mean, it's just a, an amazing thing that, you know, we talk about. So all the stuff that God wants to do, you know, we talk about these great people uh, that you were just talking about, you know, these great people of faith, or whether we talk about Hebrews 11, the people of faith or whatever. The one thing that separated all in all time, what a person believes is never separated. I don't care how much you believe something, if that belief does not activate you into the action, then that belief is, will not do anything. Um, you can't sit in your house and, and move stuff across the world and make things happen and, and not get involved in whatever's going on. And that, that I think that's what we're really missing. When we talk about because when I think about all these like these generals that you're talking about, the one thing was this, is their tireless work.
1: Ethic. totally
2: uh, at being present and in, in, in study preaching you know they it was nothing for them to be preaching every night of the week
1: that's exactly right. many of them were entrepreneurs for a while and and they would they would do their businesses during the day and preach every night done right yeah and I mean, some of them true. after preaching they would stay for prayer meeting with intimate friends to be baptized with
2: speaking in tongues exactly. It's so very, very important. I I think, you know, I think that when we, I I just had a conversation this morning with a friend of mine and we were talking about that and we were talking about, you know, uh, we were talking about, you know, people's, how people interpret, you know, the law. And he was just talking about how men make up all these creepy things about women can't wear shirts, you know, past their elbows and this and that. And I responded, you know, today we have people on the platform supposedly doing Christian interpretive dance that looks more like it belongs in the temple of the start than the church of Jesus Christ. That's right. (laughs) Very, you know, very immodestly dressed or whatever. And you can say, you know, you can say, Oh, we've come this far that whatever, you know, but the reality is, is that I was just telling, I just said, you know, when you go back and study history, uh, the Holy spirit was lost from the church and we had the dark ages and it didn't even, you know, then we started seeing the word come back in the late, like 15 1600s, 1700s, it really starts to come into play. And then in the 1800s, you see massive changes start to happening in reformation, you know, begins to happen. And, and then by the 19, eight, late 1800s and early 1900s, they're, they're wanting the return of the Holy Spirit. And when they wanted the return of the Holy Spirit, one thing that was common among every group, whether you go from Wel- the Welsh Revivals or whether you go to Parnham in Kansas or whether you go to... Uh, Azusa Street, or any they, they they did not they weren't seeking the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They realized that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, was God's Spirit of holiness, and they begin to say that no man can walk with God unless he's holy, and so they begin to want to be holy. Yeah, oh. and in the midst of the pursuit of holiness, the Holy Spirit showed up and they got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and we had the beginning of the Pentecostal renewal uh, or the Pentecostal revival or awakening. Whatever. So, you know, again, now, now, do men then put stuff on that that makes it not what it should be? And yeah, do they do goofy things? Yes, they do. But the reality is, is that it's about it's about walking in the in fullness. You want God's presence, and God can't be present that we're not and uh, that we're not pursuing in holiness are covered. And uh, the Bible says that God's a pure eyes that can't behold you, or even look upon iniquity.
1: And so, um, yeah, all anyway. all of them, like you said, all of them uh, sought God. They sought the holiness of God. Uh, they were holiness preachers, and uh, miracles happen. And as they continued to seek God and uh, chase God, uh, they were baptized, including with tongues. And uh, if they had not been, but they heard of it, they would travel anywhere they had to go and stay as long as they had to stay to be baptized with the gift of tongues because they wanted all of God. They wanted the fullness of God. And then they moved with greater intensity, greater power. And some of them said it was like electricity shooting through me. Uh, One testified where I was praying for somebody. Somebody on the other side held their hand and the other person fell over because of God's power. And, and this is it, Don. We're supposed to tarry if we don't tarry. How do we hope to accomplish something? Really, it's in our own power. You have to have the third person of the Trinity inside of you to do anything outside with signs and wonders.
2: Amen. I, when I go back, to, I always find myself back in Genesis chapter 1. When you want to understand the power of the Holy Spirit. Today we have people that, you know, they want to say, God said to me, and so they, they want to make declaration and prophesy and do, and that stuff's all great. I'm not having a problem with it. But the reality is, is that when God speaks, things happen. Amen. And so when when we're speaking and things aren't happening, we shouldn't be quiet.
1: Yeah. And you got to be very careful as you know, and I'm sure you do. And uh, I, I have a person usually come and whisper what they want to say because a lot of times God is saying this and he's not saying that to that person. It's in their right. own flesh. It's in their own mentality, their own personal opinion. They're so carnal. They're not hearing what God is saying.
2: Right. Well, when I think about that, I think that like the Holy Spirit said it hovered over the face of the deep. And God said, let this happen. And it happened immediately. And so the where the Holy Spirit is, he's hovering over the hearts and the minds and the spirits of of people who are walking with God, and you know, whenever whenever God speaks to the Holy Spirit, I mean, amazing things happen. Oh, totally, and totally. So we we need to we're needing to hear that you know going on um, today. I I was just you know like today there's so much like people today are so freaked out by the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. I I get uh, so many different people say, oh, I just don't know, it's just so weird, and this and that. And I finally just come to the place that I've been saying to people, you know, don't worry about it. I just listen for what the Lord says to you to do. When the Lord tells you to pray for somebody to be healed in the middle of Walmart, or he gives you a word to say somebody that will change their life forever, or or he, he asks you to pull somebody out of a coffin or raise them from the dead, when you really start walking into things you say you'd like to do in the Holy spirit, you won't have the courage to do those things. And when you get called upon to do those things, you you won't worry about speaking in tongues. See, I think that speaking in tongues, stop. you know, it'll be really, really different to people Yeah, uh, when they understand, it because it's a smallest, it's a, it's a, it's not, it's a small thing, but the enemy of our soul, our own intellectual non-integrity of intellectual thinking has caused us to gin up all kinds of fears about this. And, uh, you know, we need to put this down and tell people that, you know, like it says that God's not going to give you a snake when you ask for bread. He's going to give you a good gift. And if you
1: believe in the word of God, Jesus said to go tarry before you even tried to represent me. Go tarry for the right. baptism. I mean, what is wrong with you? You you, you right. said, you know, earlier in the program, uh the church is beyond uh, lukewarm. I think the church is just about brain dead.
2: They're pretty I mean, they might be a little bleak if you hooked them up to the machine, there's a little bump on there. Yeah. <laughs> I said just about because uh, you know, i I've, yeah.
1: I've shared all the time, I said, you know, if you want to criticize these people that shook the earth, these movers and shakers, let me ask you, what have you done? How many people exactly. have come to the Lord through your ministry? Have you even led one? How many miracles right. have you seen? Have you ever cast out a demon? I think I'd keep my mouth shut and be baptized in the Holy Spirit.
2: Amen. Yeah, uh, one, one of my friends, uh, he tells the people, I'd rather do what I'm doing than what you're not doing.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a that's another good one, uh, you know. Mark sixteen, seventeen through eighteen. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So, uh, you, Mister coffeehouse rabbi if you haven't done any of these things i don't think i want to sit under your teaching
2: hey, Amen. you know i i had the opportunity to speak with a, a, a fellow he was in his he was 80 at the time i think he was 84 or 5 years old he was one of the last living people from azusa street he was there as a child and uh, it was absolutely amazing he, he said that uh, he told the stories that and it was hilarious to watch him. You know, he he was old and his faculties weren't that great. But when he talked about these stories, he just lit up. You know, and uh, but he talked about how that the fire they used to call the fire department all the time because people said they thought the building was on fire Amen. because they saw fire on the roof. Amen. And the fire department would come, and and then they would ask the people, and they said, "Oh no, that's just the Holy Spirit here." Until the until they would call. And the fire department would ask him, "Is that that little church on the Street?" And they and they would say, "Yeah." And they said, "That's just the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's okay. Yes. It, won't, it won't burn out." Amen. And Amen. Said, as a little kid, he said, "The haze of the Lord used to come in to the house, and he said it would it would be about five and a half or six feet high off the floor, and when you walked into it, you'd just disappear. It was like smoke." And he said, "As kids, we used to play hide and seek in it." And then our parents, they said they were so worried that we would somehow offend God or that we wouldn't have enough, you know, reverence for God or whatever. They'd make us quit and sit. And they said that Pastor Seymour would tell them, no, don't make the children afraid of God's presence. Let them play in it. Just this, this tell them that they need to be uh, reverent to it or whatever. He said as they're playing in it, God will speak to them. and He will He will call them into ministry. Amen. He will get all of their lives. Amen, and, uh, and I and I and I came back and I shared those stories with our people, and I said, "Man, we need to pray for that to happen here."
1: Amen, amen, so
2: amen. Just God's presence doing things that are so they'll be t- totally normal to us and completely abnormal to everybody around us, visibly abnormal. That's right, uh, to the point that it's uh, like scary almost. Well, the
1: supernatural is very normal to God and those that walk close to God, but they're abnormal to the carnal. You know, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We're supposed to be making disciples. We're supposed to be healing the sick. We're supposed to be casting out demons. Don? Amen.
2: That's the truth. That's what we should be about, uh, This uh, I'm gonna, you know, that's that when it says we're disciple, you know, you have a rabbi and a rabbi didn't have anything if he didn't have disciples. I mean, he had to have people that were learning his teaching. A disciple is a disciplined people of the teachings of a master, and and that's what we're supposed. That's what we're supposed to be, and that's what we're supposed to be uh, making. You know, with uh, with other people, and uh, in the Jewish faith. That that's what uh, it said. You, you couldn't have a rabbi if you didn't have a talmudim. A talmudim was a disciple, totally, a learner, totally you? learning the teachings of the master. And that's what we really need to be doing all the time. Uh, sometimes I get criticized by my friends. They said all you ever want to talk about is Jesus and the Word of God, and I, I'm like, what else you want to talk about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey Don, they want to they want to talk about the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm like I I got, I got. That's to me, it's the most interesting. I said, you know, after after forty four years of this, you know, it's more interesting me to me now than ever. It's deeper than it's ever been. It it has more attraction to me than it's ever had before. And I want to make more room in my life, not less room in my life. Amen. For more of it. That's right. uh, So that I can I can come to the place where I can finish this course that God has called me on, run my race to the end. And we were talking this morning with some of my pastor friends, and it's like, you know, when you see the finish line, you don't want to just fall across the finish line. That's when you gather up all the energy you got, and you run as hard as you can.
1: Amen. Luke 24, 47 through 49 says, And that repentance and remissions of sin should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are my witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Warning Radio Program special guest, Apostle Don Beasley, Senior Pastor, Turning Point City Church, Dixon, Illinois. We need another great awakening. We need, again, the third person of the Trinity operating through us before we can even attempt to be His disciples, because if we don't have Him working through us, God Himself, we fail, we're too intimidated even to open our mouth to confront evil. Again, the Warning Radio program, click on www.worldministries.org. Again, the website www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries Org. Click on Eagle Saving Nations. Join us today. We want a great awakening spreading through the United States of America. God bless you.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program.